The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I originally had planned to start this sermon with um, some lightness, um, quoting the lyrics to the country song, A good day fishing is better than um, any day doing anything else because of the fishing metaphors in the gospel. Unfortunately, I woke up this morning to the sound, to the news of another round of, of violence in our country and um, the Lunar New Year in California. And my heart was again broken. And I, I pray that I never get used to this. I pray that I am always stopped in my tracks when these things happen. And I pray that um, I always feel the sadness of this kind of violence. And as I was thinking this, because we were preparing for the annual meeting, I was also thinking about how important it is for us to exist, for an inclusive church that teaches and preaches and tries to live out imperfectly, but as best as we can, the news, the, the good news that Jesus taught us, that we are all made in the image and likeness of God, male and female, if we've been baptized by Paul or Cephas or Jesus, whatever kind of Christian, whatever kind of believer, Asian, Jewish, gay or straight, we are all made in the image and likeness of God, precious in God's sight and equal in holiness and value to the Lord who made us and gifted us his son, Jesus. And one of the things that an inclusive church, uh, open-minded, open-hearted, always-seeking church, always-asking-hard-questions church does, is even at the grave, now this is taken directly from our funeral liturgy, even at the grave, we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Because it is our purpose and our privilege and our inspiration to feel the pain, but also to bring the message of the gospel 
into the brokenness of the world and say, and say that we stand for a world that seeks the kingdom of God, that seeks to end this kind of senseless pain. Because I, I see this a lot. I'm like, isn't life hard enough? I mean, do we have to create drama and trauma amongst ourselves? This is the week of uh, prayer for Christian unity. And um, we moving now from this violence that continues in the world and to which we have to stand and witness against and say that the love of God is still present even in all this pain. Moving from that to the divisions within Christianity, which Paul speaks to so eloquently. And which baffle me. This is what I want to say. We choose this expression of the Christian household that we're in because I think for many reasons you all have been brought here, called here, um, followed Jesus here for many reasons. And I think the world needs this kind of inclusive, open-minded, open-hearted Christianity. But it's not to feel better than or to look down on those with whom we disagree. It's because we know this is where, for us, the light shines the brightest. And where we can live a life that is the way of love, which is what Jesus has called us to. And where we, in the brokenness of this world, can say, even at the grave, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. So, the gospel today tells us that one of the ways that we keep covenant with God is to fish for people. At the annual meeting, I spoke about the covenant and the symbol that's the rainbow. And if you find stickers in there, you can take them, please. After a terrible disaster, um, God makes a promise to be in covenant with us. And we, who have faith, are lucky to respond in kind to that covenant. The responsibility of discipleship is not a burden, it's a joy. It gives our life meaning and connection and purpose and freedom and salvation. So again, the gospel tells us that one of the ways we keep covenant with God is to fish for people. And the question for me is how do you do that? 
Do you throw a net over someone? Try to drag them into the church? Or even like trying to protect people. You want to, you just want to grab them and bring them in. Do you bait a hook with something fun and light and reel them in to the deeper stuff? Of course, the answer to both of those questions is no. Jesus used the metaphor of fishing because it was a way of life for his first disciples. It was a way of life, and they knew how to do it. They knew how to do it. So I think that's really important. Because in the midst of their daily jobs, he called them to apply what they knew how to do to connection with other people. The second reason Jesus used this metaphor is they knew the environment. The fishermen knew the water. They knew where the rocks were. They knew where the sand was. They knew where the fish were. In a... So they, they, they understood that they had knowledge of this environment. So they could take from what they already knew and apply that when they followed him. I think the third way that reason that Jesus used this metaphor is that those fishermen also used, knew, through experience, the best times to go fishing and the best places to, they knew where the fish were. They knew where to find the fish. And they knew that some of those fish's mission was to sustain and nourish human life. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It's true that inclusive, open-minded, generous-hearted Christianity isn't as popular as exclusive Christianity. I mean, the numbers don't lie. But I do not want you to hear in the gospel or to hear in this sermon that we are desperate to go out and rope people into our community. What I want for you, I long for you to feel and hear is that this church is an anchor, not a ball and chain, but an anchor to go out and using what you know and the environment in which you uh, have good understanding and being an expert in knowing where people are, that you go bring the love and grace and mercy that you find here into the world. 
that you stand with those who mourn, that you sit with those who are hurting, that you visit, that you talk about your faith and the different perspective that it brings to you when someone is so definitively saying that Jesus is this and Jesus is that and it has nothing to do with Jesus. When it's discrimination and anti-Semitism and anti-whatever it is, that you practice articulating a faith that is more faithful than hateful. The world needs you to do that. The world needs you to do that. Don't want you to hear that we need to throw a net over people and drag them in here to sign them up to usher or to dedicate the flowers or all the things I said that we do need to, to have volunteers for at the annual meeting. It just it wouldn't work, first of all. But I, I don't want you to hear that we need to bait a hook to lure people in, to trick them in, to, 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 to make them scared. We already have so much that's good here. We already have so much that's good here. What I do want you to hear is this, that faith in Jesus is a way of life, and it is not just about securing our salvation and forget everyone else. God initiated a covenant of grace with us in creation and renewed it over and over again until becoming Jesus. And how do we share this way of life this way of love in the ways that we order our lives, in the ways that we live our lives, in the ways that we sustain our lives. I think that we do that, we can do that, or we are invited, or we're called to do that, paralleling the reasons Jesus used the fishing metaphor with the disciples. I mean, imagine how insecure they might have been being the very first disciples. So if you feel a little insecure about how to express your faith or how to, to, to share it or how to talk about it, remember one, that, that look at what you know. Look at what you know how to do and look for words there and use those words. If you're an artist, an accountant, an uh, engineer, a teacher, use what you know to the service of God and God's people. Not only for personal growth and grace, but for the sake of the world in small ways and large. To witness, bless, and nourish human life as sacred along the journey of your life. Also, 
Ask yourself, what is your water? What is our water? What is the environment we're swimming in? And where can we witness with courage in it to Christ? And then again, how anchored by this place and our faith, how can we go to where the people are to where the fish are, and speak a word of love and healing and salvation there. In the very first Christian communities, it said that the sign of the fish, right, was a secret symbol. They would draw half the fish, and if you were a Christian, you'd draw the other half. Or they would put it on signs that were symbols of where it was safe for Christians to identify themselves. And I think of that, I think of that fear and overcoming that fear in those early days as I think about the call of the disciples in the gospel today. And so I think that we are invited, that we are invited to draw that symbol for each other in the very ordinariness of our known environments and to reach out when we can and to remember always that our fundamental, one of our fundamental tasks as Christian is to, even at the grave, sing, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Amen.